Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Eupopolis Podcast. I'm Kristen Ogler, Child Life Specialist, host of the podcast, and Eupopolis' National Program Manager. Now, today is one of those days, and it's the day of the year that we're always counting things down. So I've decided, after looking at some of the feedback that we received from our Tools of the Trade workshop series that we offered to our referrers and to our super users, that I would do a podcast on child life interventions for youth. Now, some of these things you could do as a parent or you could incorporate into your classroom, but definitely these are some things that I really enjoy doing with youth over the years of practicing child life. Now, if you know me or you've joined the podcast before, you might know some of my background. I've worked for 24 years in a tertiary care center. I'm the mom of three teenagers. I have been working on Eupopolis for over five years now, and I work with um, grief support groups and run a summer camp program for youth who are navigating the loss of a loved one. So these are five things that really stand out for me that I really enjoy doing with youth over the course of my career. There is tons more that I would love to share, but I thought this would be a nice place to start. And then I'm going to invite some other child life specialists to join me as well as some teens to join me in some upcoming podcasts to share about interventions that they have had success doing with teens or that teens themselves have found very helpful. So first off, I want to kick it old school. So I know not everyone's tech savvy. We're always trying to find ways to get teens off of devices. I think what's really important is that we have to meet each other where we're at. Teens are into devices. There's enough stress in their life right now. We don't need to be like nagging and harping on them to get them off. We can, of course, incorporate all kinds of great things in their life that aren't tech related, but sometimes we just need to meet them where they're at or see the value in what they're actually doing on their devices. So kicking it old school. Not everyone's super tech savvy, so this one you can actually use either with technology or without. So one of the things I like to do, we do this at camp a lot because in grief support we talk about your support system, whether or not it's your support system at home or your support system at school or out in the community, because we talk kind of talk about that micro macro levels of support and really helping the youth to recognize like who their support systems are. That's really crucial. And sometimes we don't stop and pause and prepare them to know who the people are that they can connect with, or just maybe they're feeling really alone. And it's really nice to stop and look at who actually is in their life that they're kind of recognizing when they're getting caught up in the thought that they're feeling really alone. So it's really nice to be able to like hash out who those people are. And sometimes they're people that they have like close personal relationships with, but other times they're just people that they can tap into as resources. I call this 1990s texting when I do it at camp because camp is technology free. But one of the things I do is I have the youth think about at the end of camp, their little group that they've been a part of, and that is a support system that they built that week. You can do this with a situation like that, or you can definitely do it with a situation of just thinking about who are the support people in your life. And then I get them on a little piece of paper, but you can get them to do this. Um, I would kind of prep them and do it with them um, in the notes section of their phone, or they can stop and individually one-on-one do it as they go as a text to the person. So at camp, what I do is I sit down with them and I get them to write out. And it's kind of nice because I get them to do it and they don't really realize at first that they're going to be sharing it. Get them to write out on a piece of paper something that they would like to say to that person. 
So showing that person that is a support person for them, how they appreciate them or something that they've done for them that they've really appreciated. So kind of giving back and showing the support and the gratitude for having them in their life and for having them as a support person. So they write down something nice and we do this at camp. They do it for every person in the group. So they do five or six little texts and they write them on paper, like I said, because we can't have technology write them on paper, things that those people have done that they're grateful for, that they really appreciated. So sometimes it's like, thank you for sharing about your mom. I find it really hard to share about the death of my mom. And just having you share about your mom gave me the comfort to be able to do it too. So it's a little message like that. So you could have them prepare that text and send it off, an actual text. Um, And just help them to write that text because it's really scary to do that and to send out that message. But Once they do it, there's a sense of pride in doing it. Yes, there's probably still that nervousness too, but when they get a reply from that person and that person shows um, that they appreciated hearing that or they send back a message of something that they're grateful for too, then you have this two-way street and you've opened this new line of communication and you've helped with this comfort level um, or to increase this comfort level for them for sharing. So it's a really nice exercise. And when I do it at camp, because we can't have technology, what I get them to do is they write them all down and then I pass around a brown paper bag with each camper's name on it. And I have them each read out to the person. So we would start like with me and they would read out to me whatever the text is that they wrote for me. And so they would be telling it to me and then they would put it in my bag. And at the end, I would have my bag of text to take home with me, which is a total feel good bag. And then they really, even though, yes, it's out of their comfort zone a bit, they really enjoy the exercise. So just something to think about some 1990s texting and you can kick it up to 2021 and actually sit with them and help them text it or help them write out the text and then they can text them um, on their own. But just... helping them see the value in doing an exercise like that. So the next thing is, I love things that are really unique. And this only involves a very old technology, but you can kick it up to 2021 too. But I'm going to give you the old school version first. We're just going to use a photocopier. So we need an ink pad. You've probably seen this before. Maybe you take your thumbprint, you make it on a piece of paper, you throw it in the photocopier and you enlarge it like four times or 40 times or 400 times until you get it like big that it covers like you have to like blow it up. And then you take the blown up one and you put it on the photocopier and you blow it up four times. Then you take that photocopy one, you put it on the photocopier again. So it's like a three-step process and you blow it up until it like fits on the eight by 10 sheet of paper. Then you put just a plain white piece of paper over top of it. Maybe put it up against the window. You can tape it up there. And then you just take a pencil and you write and you follow the lines of your fingerprint. And then when you take the piece of paper down, when you're done, you have your fingerprint in actual like story form. So it's really fun. It's kind of like a piece of art. You can be as creative and make it colorful. And you can really think about what you want to set the youth up to write on that. So maybe it's you want to help them process something. They've just had a new diagnosis. They've had their first hospital experience. You want to talk about what they're feeling inside. You know, the sky is the limit in thinking about like what you might want them to express on there. Maybe it's you just get them to write out all the questions that are running in their head, like a little brain dump. But just think about what you want to give them as a theme to write on that and then get them writing that fingerprint. Now, kids do tons of technology now. That's where teens are at and they're not necessarily writing out there with pen and paper, although some of them still really appreciate it. So you can actually 
think about searching up. You can just go on the internet and search up in your browser word art and you can find different formats and different things that are free on the internet or different apps that are free on the internet that allow you to dump words into it and then you can form them into whatever you like. So maybe you pick a letter, maybe you pick a shape, maybe you pick their whole name and then all the words that they've dumped in there. So it might be like a word dump versus a story, but you're helping them to process something by getting them to get the words out. And it's nice because it's not bottled up inside. You're finding a way to get it out and you're finding a way to make it art that they can display if they like. And sometimes when it's like a word dump, it just makes a really great art piece and it doesn't have all the full details. So the teens still feel that in some ways their feelings and all that are still protected. So I do love like the thumbprint art, whether or not you kick it old school or you bump it up to the 2021. Coding and games is my number three. I did a lot of work for a while around technology-based interventions. So for three years straight, that's all I did as a child life specialist. And one of the things that I love doing is I really felt that sometimes when youth are in hospital, they're really missing out on things. Maybe they're missing the prom. Maybe they're missing being a part of their sports team. So they're not playing their games. And when their friends were coming in to visit, and although they can't with COVID, when their friends are coming in to visit or whether they're FaceTiming them or whatnot, they're talking about all the things they're doing. And they have lots of stuff to talk about. Their friends do. But maybe when they're in the hospital, they, you know, they're not doing a whole lot. So they don't have a whole lot new to talk about. So I like to find new things, new technology that they can learn, which sometimes means I need to learn too. So I found an app one time that was very youth friendly. And it was about coding, teaching you how to make your own video game. You can search this up on the internet and find different options. Um, I will try to share some, but really... Um, doing a search and finding different coding things, because then that way you guys can learn together in your sessions. When you sit down each day, you can work bit by bit and have great discussions about all the things while you're working on coding a game. So we made this game, a youth and I, and then when his friends came in, he had something to share with them and he could talk about how he was learning to code and then he got them interested in it. And then it was something that they had in common again. So it kind of brings them back together. So you can think about it in terms of like, you can go really, extreme and learn how to code yourself with them and they'll probably take it on and keep working on it and teach you stuff when you come back or you can just take advantage of the fact that they're experts in things like gaming or maybe they already know how to code and you don't and let them be the expert for a bit and let them help you to learn about it or take some time and just have some great quality conversation while playing video games with them. That's when they're in their comfort zone and when they're comfortable and they'll want to talk because they're kind of talking to you, but they don't have to look at you because they're engaged in the game. So there's some safety in that. So I love thinking about new things that I can help them to learn so that they have talking points with their friends. Another thing that I did, so this would be my number, um, I forget which way I'm counting up or down, but kind of my number two, which is one of my favorites, is I love to create. And um, you can always find youth who are keen to create. And there's so many great apps and programs or web-based programs that you can create things with. And Canva is one of my favorites right now. Just looking at things that you can do with youth to create, to share their stories or for legacy building and different things. And one time I helped a youth who was in the hospital with their sibling to create recipe cards. And we took those recipe cards and we entered them in the online um, computer program. And we added pictures, we added the instructions and the ingredient lists. And we shared little stories on each of the recipe cards. And then they had them 
to save. And they actually had them to save and use them to share with family members um, as a legacy type thing. So thinking about different things that you can do with programs that are available to you, and you might need to learn a new program, but you're not just going to use that program for one patient. You're going to use it several times or many times throughout your practice. So take the time to learn new things. I know it can be hard. I know it can be daunting, but really um, we need to meet them where they're at. I love some of these programs that you can get where, you know, youth are really into social media. So you can create Instagram stories or you can work with them on creating like TikTok videos. Just think about meeting them where they're at and what your purpose is. And it doesn't mean that you need to be shared on their social media, but maybe you're helping them to create something to educate their friends or to express themselves. So if you're looking to help the youth to create like a daily journal, they can do it in one of these online programs like Canva through creating an Instagram story, not sharing it in their Instagram, but just being able to create that story and save it on their computer that every day they create a story. So you're building on their story and you're helping them process new things every day. I really love to think about what you can create with different programs. So really taking the time to stop and learn programs. And then the last one, my number one, of course, for sharing for today for our countdown is I love finding ways to connect youth online. I love finding safe ways. And you know, I am a huge fan of Upopolis. Here I am doing this podcast and dedicating part of my career to this program for over the last five years. Peer connection is huge. Healthcare has changed so much. I've watched it as I practice go from youth sharing rooms to youth having private rooms, from youth being able to be in the teen lounge all the time to youth being too sick. And by the time they're feeling up to it, they're getting discharged. So they're not always getting the opportunity to go out there or to connect with other youth in the hospital to make those peer connections for youth who get it, who have something in common with them. So having a platform like Upopolis is just priceless. Really, all you need to do is refer them and then they have access to so many opportunities. They have access to volunteer. They can take part in contests, which can help them to process things or share the things that have worked for them. They can run their own groups or they can be a part of groups. So they can join a crew space that is diagnosis specific so they can meet other youth with their diagnosis. They can take part in all the things that are happening on Upopolis. They can create their own blog journey. They can share about their favorite things that aren't medical related by creating a group and inviting people to join it. They get opportunities to join us on our podcast. They get opportunities to help write blogs. You know, we just try to give them all the opportunities where they can ask the questions. We have child life specialists that work on the platform all the time. So if they have misconceptions or they have questions, they can reach out and ask. We redirect them to their healthcare team for the things that they need them for. But when it's just general things or if they're looking for ways to cope positively or they just want information on a procedure that's coming up, we can help them find all the things. You know is a great medical library and all the content is for youth and it's been vetted in there and we don't reinvent the wheel all the time. Sometimes we share with them great resources that other hospitals have created or other programs have created, but just giving them that opportunity to connect with peers and to have access to something no matter where they are. You know, it's on the web. It's available to them seven days a week. It's available to them at 3 a.m. It's available to them at 8 a.m. We just give them the opportunity to get that support when they might be living in an area where they don't have that or their parents can't get them off to a support group 
or are just not comfortable yet reaching out in person with people. So I really encourage you to try these five options that I've shared for interventions with teens. And I would love to hear yours too. And if you want to join us on a podcast because you're a child life specialist who works with teens, we would love to have you to chat about that. So just email me. It's, so send us off an email at support at And we look forward to hearing all your feedback and, and to see you following us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks guys. And see you, or I'll chat with you on episode 12.